Hello, ladies and gents. I'm back with the personal branding mini series. So for those of you that may not have listened earlier on this year, because I used to always talk about on the podcast and get quite a lot of questions around it from people, I uh, made three short um, recordings, podcast episodes dedicated to personal branding. And now I'm four months in to uh, having my own business, which is completely dedicated to helping recruiters build their personal brands so they can reach more people they can help, so they can impact more lives and, and make more money. I have a lot more insights that I'm really keen to share. So I thought I would do that um, as we're coming towards the end of this year, which is crazy. And I'm going to share these episodes over the next couple of weeks because um, over Christmas, I'm going to release the second episode um, in the week, which is going to be just a bit more fun. It's near Christmas. um, So um, I've got a few different things planned and recorded for that, which hopefully you will enjoy. So with that in mind, um, what I intend on doing um, in these episodes is just going over some of the things that I've experienced, I've learned, I've seen common things that I've seen um, when working with recruiters um, over the last four months. And I've worked with nearly 70, uh, 70, 80 recruiters over the last four months. So I should have some good insights that For those of you that are interested in how you can start doing more online, how you can start building your personal brand and these types of things um, will benefit from. So before I go into it, as always, this podcast is sponsored and supported by Hunted. And as I've already said, and and put it in front of a few episodes now, if you want to get involved, if you want to contribute audience participation, then jump on Twitter, uh, use the hashtag recruitment roller coaster and at me at Hisham Azuz. If you want to uh, ask me any questions, if you want to get involved um, and just share your thoughts, etc., then you can do so there as well as drop me a note on LinkedIn because that is the place where I spend most time. So for this first episode, I've got a couple of bullet points in front of me and I'm just going to sort of expand on each point that um, I wrote down. So the first one is no one is doing anything. Honestly, no one is doing anything. So one of the things that I do and why I'm really confident when I say that is Every single person that I work with, I get them to send me two direct competitors, actual individuals that they come up against, not companies, actual recruiters that are working the same jobs, are trying to speak to the same candidates, trying to speak to the same clients. And the reason I do that is because I did that sort of naturally for myself when I was in recruitment, when I was trying to sort of understand what else I could do with this LinkedIn tool going into my second year in recruitment. And I knew who my competitors were and I didn't like them because they were waking up every morning and their job was to take money out of my pocket. So the reason why I do this is because I want, I want to motivate people. And at the same time, it's very easy to sort of stay within your four walls and stay within your sort of recruitment world. And um, it's probably quite rare that you take the opportunity to sort of take a step back and look at the competition 
and sort of maybe learn anything from them, steal anything from them, do anything better. Um, so I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of profiles, a lot. I'm talking hundred plus, and honestly, guys, ninety um, percent of the profiles that I've been sent and ninety percent of the recruiters that I've looked at that are competitors to the people that I'm working with look the same. It's crazy. Some people have hardly posted. People that do post, it's all about jobs. They look the same. And the reason why this is just crazy to me is, as you all know, you all already have a personal brand. It's your reputation in the market. It's what your clients and candidates say about you when you're not in the room. And you work tirelessly each and every day through each touch point with candidates, existing candidates, new candidates, existing clients, new clients, meetings, networking um, events, et cetera, et cetera. You work tirelessly to build your reputation and not be seen as just a, another recruiter. However, online, you look like just another recruiter. This is just crazy to me. Um, and obviously, there's, there's different challenges that everyone have to this, which I'm going to cover. But that is the, the, the crazy opportunity right now is that it's very likely that if you were to look at your two direct competitors right now, um, even though they may have a great reputation in the market, they look like just another recruiter online, which means when Dave, the recruiter who has this fantastic reputation that everyone's talking about, messages me as a candidate, and then Lucy, the other recruiter, um, who may not have as best of a reputation because they're not as experienced, um, messages me. They both have just the same chance unless I have heard good things about Dave in the market, right? Um, so for me, I just think it's crazy that um, people work tirelessly to build their reputation. Uh, however, they let it, they let it stay within their, the, the four walls of their office, they let it stay on the phone, they let it stay within the phone calls, the meetings, the networking uh, events, etc, etc. They, they let it stay offline. And none of this is sort of showcased or translated in, in the online world where typically a lot of recruiters these days um, will do a lot of their proactive work, or at least when they do uh, reach out to people, it's going to be a place where a lot of your clients and candidates look. So the uh, first things first, no one is doing anything people so there is a huge opportunity to very quickly stand out which is really exciting and that's what I'm finding is that if you by listening to this went from not doing anything to posting one times a week over the next six weeks you're going to be doing more than your competitor which is very likely and is going to be advantageous for you so my next bullet point is that everyone is saying it's a key part to staying relevant as a recruiter in the future, but no one is doing anything. So I guess this is just to finish off my first point is that every single person I'm asking, I'm speaking to, I'm working with, um, a sort of common question that sort of I ask or I end up speaking about is what what do you think recruiters have to do and in, in, uh, what do you think recruiters have to do to remain future-proofed? What do you think recruiters have to do to remain relevant in a market that's becoming more and more competitive, et cetera, et cetera? And it's not just this, but having an online reputation, building communities, building a personal brand, being the go-to person in your market, um, et cetera, et cetera, is, is always spoken about or yeah, people always mention it. 
I think if I go back to um, the uh, live recruitment roller coaster event when people submitted their questions, it was a really popular one. What do I have to do as a recruiter to stay relevant in 2020 and beyond? And it always is spoken about that you do have to be seen as a celebrity within your market, or you do have to have a reputation within your market. You do have to build your your personal brand, but no one's doing anything about it. So again, I think this just reinforces the point that um, a lot of people are saying, not a lot of people are doing, which means all of you listening right now, if you take action, there is huge opportunity to gain a huge advantage over your competition. The biggest challenges I get. So yeah, great Hisham. I, I know everyone's talking about it, but these are this is what I'm thinking about, and this is what I've uh, found challenging with it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So one of the things that I always ask people um, when I work with them is what have been sort of the challenges that you've experienced or faced when you tried to do more online. And I'm just going to talk a bit about these now. So the biggest and most common challenge I get from every single recruiter easily is I have no idea what to say. So you might be listening right now and you know it's important, but you're going, Hisham, I have no idea what to say. Like, what do I talk about? What do I create content about? I'm not creative. I have no idea what I should be talking about. Let me go over this. And I totally appreciate that position, by the way. And um, if I knew what I knew now when I started making content in recruitment, this is how I would do it. And this is what has been working really well with my clients. And this isn't rocket science. So I've spoken about this before. You will hear loads of people talk about it online. You will find loads of content about it online, but it works. Okay. So every time I've done this with a recruiter, with a group of recruiters, they've all gone, wow, there's so much I can talk about. It's just actually taken the opportunity again to sort of take a step back and think about your clients and candidates first before you decide that you're going to create content or you're going to create content today, right? It's really difficult, which I totally appreciate to make the decision this morning that you're going to do a LinkedIn post, which then also means you have to think about what you're going to create a LinkedIn post about, which is probably the hardest thing, right? So how can I overcome this challenge is again, we're going to use the word persona, which in basic marketing context means a semi-fictional representation of your ideal customer or for all of you listening, uh, a semi-fictional representation of your ideal client or candidate. So what I would really encourage all of you to think about is these few things. So um, let's think about your clients. Let's think about your candidates. Think about them obviously individually as you do this, but ask these sort of questions to yourself and, and start bullet point listing what comes up for you when you think about these things. So uh, the first question I want you to ask when you're thinking about your candidates is what are their biggest challenges and frustrations professionally? And then what are their biggest challenges um, and frustrations personally? And I want you to ask that question for uh, with uh, clients in mind as well. And what I want you to do is just bullet point what comes up when you really think about that. Now, typically what happens when I do this with people is it starts off, let's say we're thinking about clients, it might go, Hisham, their challenge is hiring the right people. Okay, great. 
Why? You need to dig deeper than that. So if straight away you're going, oh, they always tell me that finding the right people is their biggest challenge. Okay, that's great. But let's peel back the onion here and think about that a bit further. What contributes to that? Is it not being able to or not being able to showcase their culture online? Is it that they're worried or not sure how to communicate their employer brand? Is it that they're a bit behind on being able to offer employee benefits or the right competitive employee benefits? Is it that they are uh, in an area where there are a lot of big logos and they're struggling to compete on salaries? Is it that they have a manager that they know about um, that is um, rubbish at selling the company or rubbish at interview stage, which leaves a lot of candidates no longer engaged in working for them, et cetera, et cetera. So what I really encourage all of you to do is, again, when you're thinking about your clients and candidates, you're thinking about the biggest challenges. Uh, when you do think of a challenge, what contributes to that? So hiring talent, hiring the right talent is a challenge, but what contributes to that? And think of all the bullet points and and, and things that contribute to that, which um, will enable you to really build out these challenges and really get you thinking about them first. The next question I want you to ask, again, for clients and candidates is, why do they do what they do? And what are their objectives, stroke, motivations professionally? And um, what are their objectives and motivations personally as well? Again, money, of course, these people are going to do it for money, but let's dig a bit deeper than that. Why else do these people do what they do? Is it to provide for their family? Is it because they want to create a business that impacts the um, or give something back to the world? Is it because they generally want to really disrupt an industry? Are they motivated by creating and building the best culture in the market? Are they motivated by um, disrupting or taking money out of the pockets of the big logos in the area? I'm making it up. But again, I'd really encourage all of you to really dig a bit deeper than they do it for money, right? So again, bullet points, really think about these things. It can be phrases, it can be one word, <clears throat> just uh, a single word that comes to mind when you think of these, um, when you think of the answer to these questions. But what's going to really um, help you understand what you should be talking about is doing an exercise like this, because we are thinking of the target audience first, we're thinking of your clients first, and we're thinking of your candidates first. And this is a great way to do that. So, once you've done that and actually thought about that, hopefully you should start to see that there's a lot of things that you can talk about. There's a lot of things that you know as a recruiter because you hear it on the phone on a daily basis, you hear it in meetings on a daily basis that these people are going through and you listen to this and you know about it. So with your content, we need to aim, well, the, the best content resonates with people right so if you think of what content does really well not from a practical sense on if i post it at this time it's going to do really well but more sense if you see an advert or you see an ad on your phone and what makes you think that ad was better than the next one that you saw was typically how it made you feel um was it relevant did it resonate with you so to really think about your clients and candidates this way is going to enable you to understand what things are going on in their life which means that the content that you do talk about or the topics that you do create content about after doing that exercise, there's a very high chance that it's going to resonate with the people that you want it to. So that's why it's really important to make the time 
to think about your clients and candidates first in that way that's going to enable you to understand what you should be talking about, which you can create content about. Now, I'm not going to go into how you should do it right now, but hopefully this should really get you thinking on um, overcoming the challenge of he should have no idea what to say because you'll quickly realize after doing that exercise that really there's loads that you can talk about and the things that you should be talking about are the things that you hear on the phone um, in the meetings and on a daily basis as a recruiter um, and these are the things that you know um, people are going through in your market so that is that that's the biggest challenge so uh, the most common challenge that recruiters give me have no idea what to say so Second biggest challenge, which I totally get as well, is Hisham, who am I? So let's so again, let's just take, I don't know, a tech recruiter, for example. A lot of people were worried, and this isn't just to the to the tech industry, it's just an example. A lot of people are worried that they don't want to come across um stupid essentially they're worried about other people's opinions, which I, I totally understand. So the typical pushback I would get is Hisham, um, like I'm not confident talking about tech or talking about something technical in my sector because I'm not as competent as someone in my market and they're probably going to see it and, and take the piss out of me basically, which I totally get. So um, what I always encourage people to do before we've even got to the point of you creating content is think about the following and, th and this will help. And this is what I wish I did when I started out when I was creating content in recruitment because the market I recruited in, which was insurance, no one was making any content from a recruitment perspective, from a client perspective. It was really stale. I mean, my market was typically made up of uh, old men, uh, complete exaggeration and generalization here, but it was, um, was typically made up of middle-aged to older men with gray hair and no one was making any content. I was worried really worried about what my clients and candidates would think of me jumping on a video, creating content because no one was doing it. So if I was to go back and do it again, these are the things that I'd think about before you start thinking about other people's opinions. So what I really want you to think about, um, guys, is what you want to be known for within your market. And what I mean by that is how in a, in a, in a sort of perfect scenario, um, how would you love to hear your clients and candidates describe you when you're not in the room. Really think about that. Again, typically what I would do in the sessions is um, put sort of as a header, what do you want to be known for? And we're going to really sort of build out um, with bullet points, with post-it notes, what you want to be known for. And this can be as simple as not a typical recruiter, which is the most common response that I get. Um, but again, let, let's, really break, let, let's sort of really say this out loud and write it down. How do you want to be perceived within your market? Let's really get this out of your head and a lot of this stuff you already know, but let's really think about it, write it down um, so then we can actually start building uh, a sort of list, what I like to call a personal brand profile for yourself um, that's going to help you execute and craft your message. So some of the things that might come up for you when we think about how do you want to be perceived in your market and what do you want to be known for is I want to be known for not being a typical recruiter, um, not cutting corners. I want to be known for being confident. I want to be known for being well-informed. I want to be known for being knowledgeable, competent, empathetic, etc., etc. The list may go on, but let's really think about these things. 
I'll explain why this is important in a second. The next thing that I really want you to think about is what do you stand for as a recruiter? Now, the slight difference here is let's say um, I'm a client or candidate in your market and I engage with you as a recruiter. What I want you to think about here is if I engage with you as a client or candidate, what am I getting as a minimum standard? If you work with me, Mr. Client, if you work with me, Mrs. Candidate, this is what you're getting. These are my standards. These are my values. And I don't go below these. This is how I work. And this is what I believe in. So is it things like I always will give you interview feedback? I will always actually give uh, career advice and value? Will I always be transparent and open throughout the process, etc., etc.? It's slightly different, and some of the words that you think of or come to mind may cross over. However, um, that's a good thing. And again, really think about that. What do you stand for as a recruiter? Say these things out loud, jot them down, and really build that out. The last thing that um, I want you to think about is what do you not want to be known for? Now, some of these things that come up for you may just be the opposites of what we just thought about. That's okay. However, there's definitely going to be a lot more out there. Uh, definitely um, a lot more things that you think about. So uh, again, really think about and say out loud, it could be as simple as I don't want to be known as a shit recruiter, a sharky recruiter, whatever. But really think about what you don't want to be perceived as, how you don't want to be uh, described by your clients and candidates. And why I'd really encourage all of you to do this and the reason why I start here with my clients and why I've been starting here is, as I said, if I was to go back and start again, I would do this sort of exercise for myself. And the simple reason is, instead of focusing on how your clients and candidates are going to perceive you, instead, I really want you to focus on making sure that the things that we've mapped out, the things that you've um, outlined on the stand for and what you want to be known for column that we make sure that we get these across or get the things that we've mapped out across in your LinkedIn post, in your video, whatever it may be. And that's the most important thing. If it's being authentic, being confident, being well-informed, being educated, et cetera, et cetera, then let's really focus on making sure that we get those things across rather than what Tracy and the HR and a tech firm is going to think of this video, Right. Um, and that should alleviate some of that worrying of thinking of other people's opinions. Focus on making sure that you, you're happy with what you're getting across and it really showcases that this is who you are and what's important to you. And the other really big reason why that's important and why it will help is this whole personal branding piece, when it's the most effective is when you really showcase online who you are. And what I mean by that is the whole objective here is if I'm a candidate or client in your market and I see your content and the same experience that I get from seeing your content or how I feel are the things that I'm going to get when I pick up the phone to you, when I meet you or when I message you and I experience the same sort of things, being competent, being empathetic, being um, well-informed and I have those same experiences the whole goal here is for these people to go, bloody hell, you're exactly how I thought you was. And that's the real magic in this personal branding piece. And that's what the real power is. And this is why it's exciting because recruiters may try and manufacture something that they're not online, but they're going to get found out. If you're trying to be perceived as someone that cares, that someone's empathetic, that someone's well-informed, however, when I then deal with you on the phone, when I then meet you, you are the polar opposite of exactly what I thought you was, 
that's not going to go down well and you're going to get found out. So that's why it's really important to think about these things first because if you can get really great at delivering your message and understanding what your message is, well, you're going to be able to be authentic, which is a really common word that you hear around this personal brand content piece. And ultimately, all that is is being yourself. So that's the real power in thinking about that and why it's important before we get to the point of make some content, create a video, write a LinkedIn post, and it can help you uh, sort of become more comfortable with sharing your opinion, which would have helped me when I first started. So there's sort of my sort of um, that's my advice and the things that you should be thinking about um, to the sort of two most common challenges that I get. No idea what to say. And I'm worried about other people's opinions and coming across a Wally online, which I totally get. But they're the sort of interactive things that I do with my clients that help alleviate that. And that's been really effective, which is why I wanted to share it. Before I finish this uh, first episode, last thing that I wanted to cover is, and, and the bullet point I have is being human is the game. And what I mean by that is, as I've already shared, there's a lot of people not doing anything. So typically how a lot of people will see how typically how a lot of people will be viewed online. If I was to come and look at your LinkedIn profile right now, it's going to be pretty faceless. So if I was to look at your profile and I was to go through your content, it's, it's it, there's a very high chance it's going to be pretty stale. It's going to be pretty predictable, but um, it doesn't give me an opportunity to understand a bit more about you. And, and you haven't showcased some of the things that may have come up for you when we think about what you want to be known for. Um, so when I mean, what, what do I mean by being human is the game? Well, what I mean is that sort of being human online and, and having a face and getting across who you are, what you're about, what the sort of opinions you have, what you stand for, et cetera, et cetera, is how, for me personally, how you should be viewed online. And ultimately, it's your biggest asset, right? It's this whole very cliche overused term, people buy from people, but it's true. And it's your biggest asset when it comes to being a recruiter because why do I use Hisham Recruiter over Dave the Recruiter? Well, it's because of how Hisham made me feel and, and what he, how he is and how he approaches things rather than how Dave does, right? So it's, and so that, that, that for me is what's really important to get across with your LinkedIn presence and with your sort of personal brand online and that's where a lot of people are getting it wrong typically obviously historically um linkedin has been this sort of quote-unquote professional um platform where no one can talk about sort of their personal stuff and these types of things but that has massively changed and just isn't the case anymore it doesn't mean that you have to be unprofessional for me i think they are very closely linked and if you were to look through your linkedin newsfeed right now i think that's evident on the posts where people share around their sort of success stories and the challenges that they've had in life and um just it's personal it's human and what i found is when my clients have been willing to be human they've been willing to have an opinion they've been willing to sort of share their thoughts um it's gone down amazingly so one of the things that um, I've always encouraged people to to start with, because typically a lot of the people that I work with, they haven't done a lot online and obviously want to change that. So when we start sort of planning out their strategy, um, they're like, bloody hell, Hisham, like, I'm a bit worried here because I'm going to go from zero to doing like two, three posts a week. Like, is, aren't people going to think that's a bit weird? 
So what I've always encouraged my clients to do is start with um, a bit of an intro post. And, and some of you may have even seen these. Um, and it's really simple. It's just um, an opportunity for you to set the tone. And I'd encourage all of you, if you want to sort of do more content, try this out as your first post. And I'm very confident it's going to go down well because pretty much everyone that's done this so far it's gone down really well in terms of engagement and it's actually driven a lot of um, inbound opportunities from client leads, from candidate leads, et cetera. It's really effective. So, um, and this ties into being human. So uh, what a lot of the people that I've done has been uh, sort of uh, used the post as an opportunity to sort of say, hello everyone. I know some of you obviously will know me, but there'll be a lot of you that um, that may not know me. I've realized that I've been connected with a lot of you for a while and I haven't actually been able to sort of introduce myself to you all. So just want to take this opportunity to sort of tell yourself a bit about me. These are the things that I do at my company. These are the people that I help. These are the businesses that I serve. This is something that you may not know about me and you could give them a bit of a sort of uh, a quirky or funny fact, but you don't have to do that. Um, and you can basically say... I plan or I have every intention of doing more on LinkedIn and I plan on sort of sharing content on topics that you should find relevant. Any feedback's really welcome. And also, if you'd love me to talk about certain topics, then please do let me know, comment below, send me a message, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a really nice way to sort of set the tone and, and put yourself out there um, and start this process. And this ties back to being human. And um, what I would always suggest is you don't have to is, is put a picture up there. You could just use your LinkedIn photo. You could just use a photo at you in the office, whatever it may be. But enable your network to see who you are, have a face to it, right? And this, this is what I'm finding. However many people you're connected to right now, they connect with you, a, a person, However, when I typically look through people's LinkedIn profiles, none of that comes through. I've, I've connected with Hisham Aziz, but I know nothing about him. But the reason why I connect with him is because he's a person and it looks interesting what he's doing, et cetera, et cetera. So being human is the game. And that's my advice if you want to start this personal branding journey is start there and start by getting a face to your name and your LinkedIn pr uh, profile and presence, which you work your absolute socks off to build through the phone calls, through just everything that you're already doing. So that was episode one. <laughs> so spoke a bit about no one is doing anything, huge opportunity. Everyone's talking about it's sort of going to be a key part as to how to stay relevant in the future. But literally, I can't see anyone or there is hardly anyone really taking action. I just spoke about sort of how you can overcome the the two most common challenges I get from recruiters that have that they've given me um, when I've worked with them, and then for me, just just sort of setting the tone here before the the second episode is that being human is the game, and and it really is. So before I finish, I just wanted to basically encourage all of you to send me your questions. I did this in the last one, and. Um, a lot of people got a lot of value out of it. So with this personal branding topic that a lot of people are talking about, and I'm sure you've sort of seen, it's a bit of a buzzword, but for you personally, be as selfish as you would like. Um, what do you want me to answer for you? 
send anything over that you want to on the topic of personal branding. Send me a message on LinkedIn. Send me a question on Twitter if you wanted to, whatever is easiest for you. I'm going to add it to a document where it's going to be audience questions. And then I'm in the third episode of this mini series, I'm going to answer all of your questions and anyone that um, sent them over. So please, please, please send me over your questions on the topic of personal branding and I will answer them and give you sort of the best answer that I can that should hopefully help you. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Any feedback is welcome. And as I said, please send over your questions, best place, LinkedIn or Twitter, and I will answer them for you. I'll speak to you soon and I hope you enjoyed the episode.